my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Dream. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we Go. Gentlemen, how the hell are you? Welcome everyone to Sandwich and Friends. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good title, right? And right out of the gate, we have our, our title. I think. Episode six hundred and eleven, Sandwich and Friends. I, I, I dig it. It's going in the prep sheet uh, right this very second, uh, guys. Following up on episode six hundred and ten, the Sandwich Shop Takeover. Yeah, that was a thing. That I did. A, that was a thing. That's that, that's all you have to say. I mean, it's it's gonna sound did silly. Did you pull I, any clips from there, Nick? Nope. Nick, I didn't realize I that it was you, gonna be uh, like, Mr. Monty. So. I I have to tell you, you need to listen. I know you've listened already, but now I want you to listen with a different kind of ear. I want you to listen to the first ten minutes of the sandwich shop takeover. With the ear for one-liners and drops that we can use on this program. I what mean, do you have because in mind? there were some doozies in there. There were there were some there were some doozies. doozies. There were. I'll give you that. Uh, listening again, though, he was like Ash in Army of Darkness. <laughs> that's a good comparison, right there. Sandwich, that's, oh. a, that's, a, that's, that's some praise right there, man. Yeah. See, I thought he was trying to insult me, but then he said a good thing. Like, oh, you're saying nice stuff. Yeah. That's a nice change there of pace. Go. Yeah. Occasionally, I say nice stuff. Yeah. But I, I will say it was very odd to not be able to uh, do the show, but mm-hmm. um, uh, what you call it? Like, you know, as, as Dom, you mentioned before and everything, like I had a bit of a family emergency. Uh, I really appreciate you guys kept reaching out, just kind of checking in and everything. Uh, I had some uh, fans on the Discord and, and some some folks on the Twitters were reaching out and everything. Um, so it was re- very appreciative, uh, uh, really nice uh, dealing with a, a really shitty situation. Luckily, everything is doing, for the most part, A-OK. Um, yeah, just kind of leave it at that and everything like that. So super appreciative. You guys are awesome. Uh, the fans, everyone who follows the show is awesome and much appreciated. 
And uh, again, if you're going to try to look at uh, the bright side of a terrible situation, uh, episode 610 was, was, was an absolute goldmine. So I, I was glad I was oh, able thanks. to witness that uh, amongst all the other chaos that I was uh, dealing I, with. I have never had to plan for anything as intensely as sitting and talking to myself for an hour. <laughs> I didn't, you know, like I said on the, on the show, I, you don't appreciate how much of a producer Monty is until you have to produce and then direct and star in your own program. It's a lot. And then edit. See, and then this edit. is from a guy who's edit, never yeah. lived with a woman, Mr. Monty. <laughs> wow. He's a, that he's, was not an insult to women. I'm just saying maybe there are experiences that some of us have had. He's a youngin. That reflect sort of what Mr. Sandwich is saying. It was a lot. And I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate the kind words from you guys uh, going forward. Um, I wouldn't mind doing that again, but let's not make it like a, a normal thing. Well, well, well let's also you know, hope my dad doesn't get, you know, have to get into another terrible car accident for you. For you I wasn't saying that. that. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if, like, you guys aren't in the office, you know, maybe we just, like, it's just. Here's an idea. Yeah, up, Here's an idea. When you can do the 10 minutes a week. That you're supposed to do mm. with with the intensity, attention to detail, and gravitas that you brought to episode six hundred and ten, we might consider it. I like it. All right, I like it. Good, but good. That job. was also a compliment, you jerk. I can't tell with you. you <laughs> your tone is just insulting to me for some reason. Sandwich. I will say. I, I will say this much: that uh, over the last week and a half or whatnot, uh, your episode six ten, your episode uh, was one of my highlights. I will say that much for sure. Oh. So, and you you can obviously read my tone there. So uh, take that yeah. as you will. Um, but yeah, my we, grandmother's favorite. I can read your tone too. You're lying. <laughs> Stop, that. Stop that. Um, okay, so we have a whole lot that we do want to talk about, um, specifically in the second half of the show, I think, now, too. Uh, so let's get going, but first, let's just hit some of the uh, the usual um notes that we have to talk about. Patreon, uh, you can support the show at patreon.com slash geeks of TNG. We know that uh, I think times are a little rough for everyone with the pandemic and. and all the things associated with it, but any help is always much appreciated. Uh, for just a buck, you can get access to our Discord uh, service so you can talk to members of the show, like me. For $3 a month, uh, you get the show <laughs> a day and a half early, which is now Wednesday night, a sneak peek at the prep sheet as well. For $5 a month, you get the weekend bonus show, as we were just speaking about, as well as a vintage Big Kev's Geek Stuff episode. And for $10, you get to watch us live on Instagram where we're being fools, uh, trying to figure out the show uh, layout, and um, someone's making fun of somebody. That is almost always A peek behind the scenes. Indeed. Pulling back the curtain. Let's, oh, oh it's, where we, oh, it's where we poke fun at somebody. We don't, we don't threaten their product archive, or we don't, you know, we don't make... Listen, it's, it's, a, it's around. You're so sensitive. It, it's a, so sensitive. It's a round robin. Everyone's a everyone's a target. Um, yeah. It's just <laughs> usually you two bickering at each other like uh, like small children. So, you know. He thinks because his name was at the front, he's he's immune to jokes. My name isn't at the front. I said because it was at the front. If you're listening to my work. Oh, I see. See, this is what I'm talking about. 
Um, so let's get right into <laughs> mom. Everything. We're not fighting. I swear. <laughs> uh, you call me mom one more time. Uh, so we have two yep. stories to hit on uh, right off the bat here, guys. Uh, involving Moon Knight, uh, Oscar Isaac tapped star in the uh, Marvel Disney Plus series. And as a separate note, uh, I don't. I think this was the last night or this morning. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, Muhammad, uh, excuse me for mispronouncing this, Diab, D-I-A-B, uh, to direct the series at the exact same time. Now, I'm a little, um, it says series instead of like episodes, so I don't know how they're going to exactly structure that. Um, but, um, I, I, you know, people are in either two camps. Either they absolutely love this idea or, or they're absolutely against it. Personally, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't know how they're going to go with this or what they're going to do, but um, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I, I don't really have any complaints or any objections, but at the same time, I, as a caveat, I will admit um, Moon Knight, as I always liked the character, I was always kind of mischievous, kind of great uh, character. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about him at the same time. So I will just say that as a caveat, but uh uh, uh, Dom, what do you think about uh, the news and everything? What are your thoughts, sir? Um, so I'm excited for Moon Knight. I'm always excited for new Marvel Disney Plus content just generally. Mm-hmm. I always love when we're announcing new titles. Moon Knight is something I like it. I'm I how do I say this? I'm very cautious though going into it. No matter who they tap forward, the director, I feel like Moon Knight's gonna be something that's gonna be kind of hard to really recreate on a TV screen. If that makes any sense. I feel like that's a character that lives better in the comic space than the tv space not to say that these guys can't pull it off not to say that i don't think disney and marvel don't know what they're doing uh because obviously they haven't really had a miss yet in my opinion but that's just me uh humans fine i i i think i blocked that out of my mind that's that's understandable (laughs) i believe so um i i think this has potential i'm gonna watch it but i'm a little cautious uh, I, will, I would like to add on at the same time, Jeremy Slater, uh, who developed and wrote Netflix, the Netflix series adaptation, The Umbrella Academy, yes. uh, has been tapped to develop and lead uh, the writing team for the series at the exact same time. So just an important caveat right there just to kind of uh, highlight. That but, was actually, from my perspective, that was the big news. That was the, To you, that was like the, the, the number one aspect of the whole release. The fact that the guy who's run a, uh, um, Umbrella Academy, which, you know, I think everybody on this show agrees was phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I think having somebody who has that sort of cred is uh, a welcome, a very welcome addition to this project. Um, since we don't know, I mean, this is, this is, like Umbrella Academy, this is a tough. I think this might be a tough sell, um, on uh, on a, for a number of reasons. One, because it's a really strange character. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, not well known. Number three, all white costume, and I suspect that's the first thing to go. That's a good point, right there. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be my first guess. Is gonna be it's gonna be more like the uh, with respect the um, Mezco one twelve uh, did a Moon Knight figure that had a black suit, oh yeah, a white cape, white boots, white you know was, I can't remember if he was the regular one 
and the all white one was the like exclusive. I can't remember, but if you Google it, you'll see what I mean. I have a feeling changes are coming to that costume, definitely having to do with the color. Now I'm not saying he's not going to have any white. He clearly has to have white, and it clearly it should be the cowl and it should be the cloak and. Um, you know, I think those elements are going to be certainly some sort of white. Um, but there's a lot about this character. He has multiple personality disorder. He, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know what aspects of this character. You know, at one point he was uh, the like the living embodiment of the god Khonshu. But then another volume of Moon Knight said that that was another personality manifesting itself. So, you know, there's a lot of things with Moon Knight that are really interesting. My sort of disappointment here, though, is Oscar Isaac. Now, this is not to say that I don't like Oscar Isaac. I like him fine. I don't love him in anything. You know, he's just kind of okay or he's terrible in things. For example... Star Wars, he was okay. Uh, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, he was fucking terrible. Oh, yeah, that was him. Yeah, he was Apocalypse. Uh, You know, I mean, the guy's got geek cred. If you look at his uh, resume, you will see a lot of geek credential stuff. For God's sake, the guy was in three Star Wars movies. You know, the guy was in an X-Men movie. And he's been in other things as well. He's won awards. He's regarded as a fine actor. And I'm not saying any of those things that I just said are not true. They are. Is he Moon Knight? I don't know about that. I was more keen on either somebody slightly slightly less credential. Oh, by the way, he's in the upcoming Dune as well. And he's playing Paul Atreides' father. Okay. So there's that. Um uh, I, I think that I was hoping for something, well, one, I was hoping it would be, it would be Keanu Reeves. But then yeah. when, uh, I thought for sure when they said it was a TV series, that was the end of Keanu Reeves. I was pretty sure that was, if they were going to do a movie, Keanu Reeves, no doubt. If they're going to do a TV show, I think it's a harder sell for Keanu Reeves. But I was looking forward to somebody like that, somebody that can bring us that kind of, you know, I don't know what the right right word is, but that sort of edge sort of that Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. brings to things. If you've seen John Wick, you know, you, you know what I'm talking and yeah. other things, you know what I'm talking about. Um, one, one thing just to add on real quick, Big Kev, before I forget, I think one reason yes, I think people should be excited regardless of maybe what they may think on the surface of these announcements is just a reminder how um, Disney Plus, uh, you know, the company's putting a lot of money into the service. While we're in mm-hmm. the pandemic, they are, I don't want to say they're putting all their chips into one pot or anything like that, but they're going to really back up anything that they're putting out on this platform. And I think it's important to uh, point out that um, for New Moon Knight or, and really any other thing that's going to be announced coming into the, you know, the Disney Plus library, that... Disney's going to make sure that it gets done with quality that is uh, as big as uh, they can try to make it. And they're Mm -hmm. not going to beat around the bush because, you know, 
they can't exactly invest into cruises or parks right now because there isn't going to be any yeah. kind of return. So they're going to try to make these kind of th this show as great as possible. So just something that you know can always be at the back of everybody's mind there at the same time. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because there was a couple of other bits of news that came out, you know, in the last two weeks, um, having to do with stuff like that. One is that. Marvel is full steam ahead with filming stuff. Spider-Man 3 is already filming in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's really interesting. Um, uh, we're getting closer. And closer. WandaVision is still supposed to launch before the end of this year. So I'm not, looks to me like they're running out of time, but <laughs> that's the rumor is that it's supposed, it's still supposed to launch before the end of this year. Falcon Winter Soldier um, I heard they're finishing things up, so that's something. On another non-Marvel yet still Disney uh, front and Disney Plus front for that matter, there was an interview where Ewan McGregor talked about walking out onto the set in his Obi-Wan Kenobi costume. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, onto the set of The Mandalorian with his Obi-Wan costume. And, you know, it was a multiple purpose thing. One, he was there for costume fitting and things like that. And two, he wanted to see the technology that they have been using to do the Mandalorian because they're going to use the same, those big giant video wall mm -hmm. things. They're going to use those for Kenobi as well. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they? Remember, we talked about this. Uh, Mr. Monty, I want to say quite a few months ago, we talked about the fact that Disney's able to churn out the Mandalorian at a relatively affordable rate. And now they're going to use the same technology to pump out Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And God knows they could do anything else with it as well. You're right. So there you go. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I will say one thing. the um, there, On the Apple TV Plus, uh, Ewan McGregor is doing his documentary they're releasing right now him taking a motorcycle trip from the from South America to Los Angeles. And it's interesting how when he stops in different areas when people have no clue who he is and then certain yeah. other areas, like he went to the top of uh, uh, Machu Picchu and everyone wanted to say hello, we're getting a picture with him and everything like that. So it's kind of funny seeing how Star Wars has that reach and what yeah. an actor like Ewan McGregor is, which by the way, I mean, obviously he's in front of a camera and he's aware of that. Very nice to people at the same time. So it's very kind of cool mm -hmm. to see how the interaction is um, at the same time. Um, moving on here, we have some new pictures. Of, uh, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to mispronounce this name. Uh, Javasia Leslie's full Batman suit. Batwoman. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry again for getting that wrong. Uh, but for the new CW, I think it looks fantastic. Um, on Twitter, there's a, you know, I, you don't say this very often, but there's actually some pretty decent, uh, positive responses from people. What? Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. Like, don't get me wrong. There's, there's of course, a, uh, people in here who are upset because it's an African American woman who's, uh, playing the role. Um, I don't know. Well, with respect, she wasn't African American last season, but that that requires people to actually kind of know what they're talking about when they complain. I know, on Twitter. I'm just, I know, I know, I'm just I know, saying. I know. Uh, That's a whole new character for the show too. Yeah, but uh, I'm a but fan. Not everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, so 
it's a different situation that was in the comics or the old animated yeah. show and everything. But it looks good. Uh, and, and they did a fantastic job. So uh, hopefully that picks up. Um, uh, and, and, and people kind of just love what kind of comes out. I just kind of wanted to highlight that. Um, also, um, I saw in a few photos, Jason Todd's Red Hood revealed for Titans Season 3. Um, this, this is the thing where I, listen, I, because I, we were talking about this on Discord about why I haven't mentioned anything about uh, some of these DC shows. Uh, I, I can't afford another service. It's just one of those things where HBO just has the, uh, uh, the short straw in this case. Um, the end, but I will say that when the DC service first launched before it merged and I don't even remember what was it called DC universe at the time or, yeah. Yeah. um, the stuff I did see when I was at a friend's house, well, well before there was a pandemic or that was, which was fantastic. Um, it looked phenomenal, absolutely gangbusters. And if anything, the only problem I had was the fact that they canceled swamp thing, um, uh, which I think was canceled before I got to finish it. So that was upsetting, but it, anyway. it was canceled before it finished its run. That's what it was. It was okay. canceled. No, even better. It was canceled before it first aired. Was that what it was? Yes, okay. like a week or two before it was canceled before it aired, and then they cut the season. They cut the season short, and then they canceled it. And now it's on like CW or somewhere else. One of those services, and they're airing well. Season. All of them are going to HBO Max. That's where it is. Yeah, all of them. I just I got really excited the other watch, day. Because watch your micro, watch I, your microphone, Kev. You're you're overmodulating a little bit. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I got very excited the other day because um, I saw that Star Girl. I think is December first on HBO Max, and I think Titans is right around the same time. So I'm mm. I'm finally going to get to see both of those nice. shows. I still have not made it through doom patrol season one yet (laughs) and everybody is like but why and i'm just i am just not feeling it i mean i want to do it i'm gonna sit down and do it but i am just not feeling that show i don't know why i love the book i love the book for years sometimes that you know even before the grant morrison stuff like old school you know like 60s dc old school stuff man i i I really like that stuff, and I just I don't know what problem I'm having with this show. I will say that if they um, roll out a relaunch with Constantine, a season two, uh, after what was that? Was it on NBC before? I can't remember. Yes. Uh, yes. Or I, CBS. It was one of them. I will, I will get a side job just so I could try to throw a little bit of money towards these services because I <laughs> loved that first season, um, which was only, was it only 10 or 12 episodes? Like it was, it was a short season, Um, but I would love to see Constantine come back. I thought that was just phenomenal and it had me so hooked, but um, you you know, if you need a side hustle, mm -hmm. you could go to work for a sandwich in the product archive. Sandwich. You, uh, you got to tell me your rates. Is this a union job? Yeah. We'll we'll have a separate discussion after the, I want to get off air. I don't want to get our numbers out in the open oh, right oh, now. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, that sounds sounds a little shady. Like here's here's a number we can throw out in the open: ninety percent full. Yeah, at least there you go. We're, we can throw that out in the open. But before we uh, stray too far from the DC universe stuff, yeah, I want to say it's really a shame that DC universe itself 
had problems supporting itself because I really do think it had a lot of good shows. I understand Kev has a problem with Doom Patrol. I thought now, you Patrol- mean do you mean the Arrowverse or do you mean DC Universe the service? The service. Okay, okay. The Arrowverse had potential and now to me it's not dead, but like it's very uninteresting to me right now. It's on life support. Yes. But like I like Swamp Thing. I like Titans. I like Doom Patrol. That's just me. I understand if you're your problems. I'm not gonna say you're wrong, Kev, because I can see where your problems are coming from. Yeah. And I think DC Universe had a lot of programs that could have worked. And it's a shame that, you know, they all just got sent to HBO Max. Maybe that was the plan all along and they're just trying to get some money for DC. I don't know, but Harley Quinn also. That's another one. The yeah, Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn animated that's series that's third is season also got coming. announced already, I think. It's coming to Matt or it may actually be on there already. I that mean, show, yeah, I don't I'm not really sure enough. I'll say that, but that's just I, I have to sit down and, and check all that stuff out. Uh, moving on, another streaming platform just to hit on real quick is Amazon Prime because they released the uh, I guess you call it a sequel to Borat on there, which they said had Borat. tens of millions of uh, streamed by tens of millions of customers uh, on its opening weekend. So they are calling it uh, quote great success. So take that lame uh, uh, alert from them as you will. I haven't had a chance to see the movie uh, since I was in the middle of my kind of family fiasco. I don't know about you guys. Um, it made some political headlines, I, so there's that. But I didn't hear anything good. About the movie? I, I wasn't really – I'm not a really huge Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I'm in the same boat. So I, 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 I mean at some point I'll probably sit down and watch it. I think the reason it's getting so much play, though, is because Rudy Giuliani is in it. Yeah. Apparently doing some sort of thing he ought not be doing, and that was huge national, international news. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, the only, I'm sorry, Sandwich. Go ahead. So, like, I saw Borat when I was definitely too young to see it, and I thought it was <laughs> funny and enjoyable. You know, when I was like a finger sandwich. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I, I were you it. ever a finger sandwich? When I was like eight and definitely shouldn't have been watching Borat. Hmm. And I was watching Borat. <laughs> that, I was definitely a lot smaller then than I am now. Um, but what was I saying? Yeah, I did not hear any good things about Borat. I heard beyond the fact that it was, it was like offensive, which it's Borat, so you can't imagine it's not going to be offending to someone because just the topics can be, you know, sensitive to some people. But I heard that it just wasn't funny, like, at all, which kind of sucks because I'm not, I'm not saying I was waiting for a sequel. If they had never touched Borat again, it would have been fine. But I don't know. I will say that the fact that they did this on the, the heels of The Boys, though, um, is a big win for Amazon Prime. As it's trying to get more, I think more notoriety from, or just kind of be more recognized at the exact same time as a uh, serious streaming competitor and option yeah. uh, for folks, which is you know what Amazon. It doesn't need to be a major success at, at, out of the gate like a Netflix or anything like that, but uh, uh, just kind of helps towards Amazon services overall. So um, yeah, I think to them this is already based on how it did in the first weekend. They consider this a absolute uh, major win there um so just moving on one other um let's talk one more thing before we hit a break um there's a new uh documentary that came out with honestly one of my favorite movies uh from the 80s 
called Wolfman Got Wolfman's Got Nards. A a heartfelt review of Monster Squad. Uh, this is available for digital download. This is available on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, this is the movie that got me into um, horror. What got me into those the class like this was that gateway drug that got me into like the Universal monsters because my father then showed me <laughs> that he then showed me Abbott and Costello. Then he showed me like which is, I mean, I think as Kev would agree with me, Abbott and Costello meet like Frankenstein is just. A, a phenomenal Classic. movie. It's phenomenal movie, um, which led me down. And you got way. all of them in there. Yeah, you got all of them in there. Mm-hmm. There, uh, it was. Um, you know, the, the the marketing of the movie was a problem maybe when it originally came out, uh, but uh, it's something where, um, it, like I said, it was that gateway drug. It was a fun, absolute fun movie. Uh, has a lot of great lines and is just, uh, well, to me, obviously pulls on the heartstrings, uh, uh, nostalgia heartstrings, I should say. Uh, but the have you downloaded is, um, to your Apple TV, sir? Have you downloaded Peacock? I downloaded it, and I'm using the free trial as yeah. of, uh, right now. I'm not subscribing to it, though. Because all the Abbott and Costello stuff is on there for, oh, yeah, for Rizzle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At least all the Universal Monster Abbott and Costello. Not the regular ones for some reason, but the Universal Monster ones are. Sandwich, um, put it on your list to watch Meet Frankenstein. I wouldn't go towards Invisible Man. Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Yeah, definitely that. Not Invisible Man and not The Mummy. I I think... I actually like The Mummy. I the you know what you know come to think of it I actually like the Invisible Man one also I thought that was really well done I actually like all three of those movies I like all three of them There's a couple uh, I think Mr Hyde maybe is the one Abbott Costello meet Doctor Jekyll Mr Hyde I think is the one that I don't like I don't really remember too well so I think I'm in the same boat there Invisible Man is the boxing one and the Mummy is just the Mummy but I I I thought. Actually, I thought the mummy was really well done. I can't remember who played it. I like though. the mummy. The mummy that is. I, like I, I think it was Invisible Man. Yeah, it's a non-traditional Invisible Man story. So yeah, which is I'm okay with it. So I hear uh, Sandwich yeah, writing it down. Totally. So that's fantastic. Um. So yeah. So Wolfman's got Nards. Check it out. Um. I'm gonna be buying the Blu-ray to have it in my collection. Um. Where do you like to download stuff, sir? Apple. Prime? No, I mean, is it is it playing on a service or has this come out physically? Both, sir. Well, oh. well excuse me, excuse me. When I'm saying service, I mean like uh, Apple streaming service or Amazon Prime street paying streaming service. Like you can buy it digitally Got it. Uh, that way. Excuse yes. Me. So you can purchase it. Yes. Yes. My apologies. It's not streaming anywhere as part of a service no, no, that no. you're already Maybe paying Maybe one for. day. Cause, okay. uh, but uh, this is, like I said, something I want in my collection uh, for sure. But uh, Big Kev, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the second half, so why don't you toss us to break, sir? With that, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 611. Uh, What did we call this? Sandwich and Friends. Oh, Sandwich and Friends. Right, totally forgot. (laughs) After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, it's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at 
Hi, Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. We're the Monster Squad. Hey, this is Fred Decker, director of The Monster Squad. This is Duncan Regeer, Dracula from Monster Squad. This is Tom Noonan, plays Frankenstein in Monster Squad. This is Tom Woodruff, Gilman from Monster Squad. Hey, this is Andre Gower, Sean Crenshaw from The Monster Squad. This is Ashley Bank, Phoebe from Monster Squad. This is Ryan Lambert, I'm Rudy from The Monster Squad, and you are listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Wolfman's got nards! Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, and Big Kefuna Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with their three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a lighter bar 2D2. You can add your own boops, bobs, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get 118th scale hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month, as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Damn good job. That was there, nice sandwich. job. Damn good job right there, I gotta say. Um, all right, so I have some uh, things that I would like to... Actually, all of us have something that we just want to hit on really quickly. 
Um, first off, just to highlight, I saw the uh, Ninja Turtle Eastman and Laird figures uh, that were coming out from what do we say these were? Hasbro? Hasbro? No, Playmates. No, they're Playmates. 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 Excuse yeah. me, I'm getting mixed up with the Ghostbuster toys we're going to talk about next. Uh, and I got to say, you know, and Kev said the, and when we kind of just talked about this before the show started, um, the exact word I was looking for was they looked so much better in person uh, than they did from the pictures. Um, the box uh, has the old black and white, kind of like the old Eastman and Laird panels from way back when. Uh, the turtles have the red bandanas like they did in the original comic books as well. Um, I think the sculpts are new also, I think. This is not the first time that Playmates has done this. Playmates has done mm -hmm. a set of a, at least original colored turtles in the past. Um, well, the Splinter and, and Shredder look like the uh, original, you know, the old '80s Playmates uh, figures yeah. from way back when. The coloring is different, um, yeah. and some other aspects, but they're kind of going for that look. I think the uh, there's a little bit of scaling differences on the turtles themselves. Um, Honestly, the only thing that really made me kind of like not want to get it is just the big old Nickelodeon logo that's on the front of these <laughs> things. Because when you put a big orange logo uh, on packaging that's all black and white, it kind of, you know, it even takes up more room than the, the, the bandana from the turtles. It, it just kind of takes away from it, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Now, I don't blame anyone who's a Turtles fan for picking these up. These are very nice figures, as I said. Uh, I just know for a fact that if I hang these up on the wall um, on a shelf, that's all I'm going to look at is that Nickelodeon logo uh, that was plastered uh, in the upper corner right there. So um, good job overall. And honestly, if you're a fan or, or you just like real nice toys, I think you should consider. Um, well, you have three companies now producing Turtles figures. Mm -hmm. You know, and Playmates is kind of the four-inch version-ish version, four or five-inch you have NECA that is putting out an incredible line of six-inch turtles based on the movies and on, I believe, based on the animated series as well. But some, there's some derivative there that makes them different licensing-wise. I don't know exactly what it is, but all I know is that the figures that are coming out not only are they amazing, but they're selling out all over the place. They really are. Which is a strange thing for Turtles toys because Turtles toys generally just don't sell out. So that's an interesting aspect. And then you have Super 7, who is doing sort of their, I think they're called Ultimates, but I'm not sure if that's exactly the name. They are essentially doing six inch versions of the playmate toys from the original run mm -hmm. if that makes sense so it's like articulated versions but using sort of the same color palette and the same sort of styling as the original turtles from 19 uh, uh <laughs> those ones but in six inch more articulation better accessories the accessories what I think is really neat about those, Nick, I don't know if you've checked these out, but they come with accessories that are like, you know, fully colored and painted, but they also come with the sprue of like brown accessories that came with all those turtles back mm -hmm. in the day, if you remember that. I do. From the original Playmates run. So, yeah, 
lot of turtle stuff uh, yeah. uh, going on for you to check out. It's a, it's not a terrible time to be a Turtles fan. For you sure. Know, I have to say. And also from Toy Wise. Uh, from uh, uh, Hasbro, Hasbro uh, I saw the uh, Ghostbusters Plasma Series toys that were yes. uh, on display. So you had the four guys. Uh, you had Dana Barrett. Um, and you had... No. Um, not Dana Barrett. She, she was the... Uh, uh, Gatekeeper. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I froze for a second because you, you you say Keymaster way off, more often, uh, and you have Gozer, who's uh, uh, available as well. I did not get a chance to see the Ecto. Uh, th- they look real nice. I like the way that the the packaging is a nice tight packaging. It has um, uh, plenty of nice uh, designs on the sculpts and everything. I think it looks a little bit nicer than the pictures that I'm looking at right now. I was in a Target. I'm on the Target website right now, just kind of looking at them. Uh, my and also just to highlight that uh, sideshow also posted some uh, teaser pics of the statues that they're going to be coming out with the Ghostbusters as well. At least it was the four guys. Um, I will not. I was tempted. I'm tempted, but I'm not going to pick up these toys. Uh, I got burned when they had the whole um, Maddie collectible thing from God. I don't remember how many years yes. ago that was, but that was a situation where like they released them in a limited run. They made it look like a nice kind of uh, short. Um, run of toys, and then they just flooded the market and made the things damn near. Uh, I don't want to say worthless, but they, I mean it. Just the prices of them just plummeted uh, after the fact. So I, I, I still feel kind of burned by that. I'm like, no, I, I much rather. I, I don't know about you, Kev, but I'm much more in the boat of uh, yes, these are very nice toys that we're mentioning. I'd rather have um, some of the vintage stuff from when like the first line of toys came out. Uh, on these franchises or have someone who's like a, um, you know, like the, uh, do you mean uh, based on the cartoon? Yeah. I I'd rather have those original, uh, toys from way back when that kind of got everything started or something. They just re-released those, you know, really recently. Yeah, they did. I actually saw them and it it made me do a double take when I saw them. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm much more like, I'd rather have the vintage stuff or someone from like an independent artist who makes toys, uh, with their own take on them rather than, uh, some of the fresher stuff. I just I, I like the vintage ones. That just kind of does it for me. So uh, the Mezco one twelves were beautiful. And Mezco's, I mean, you know what? Those were like the one line of toys I really wasn't into. Yeah, you know they I, were really great though. I don't know why. I have to say, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah. I think that's because I like There's... the Popeye and the Batman one so much more. Maybe I don't. I don't right. know. <laughs> This is uh, not a terrible time to be a Ghostbusters fan either, toy-wise, because Hasbro uh, has the license now, and like every other uh, Hasbro license, they're going to get blood out of that stone if they have to sacrifice a small child in order to do it. (laughs) Uh, So I I think if this wave does well, I think subsequent waves will probably see maybe a few more characters from the first movie that we haven't seen yet. Um, like maybe a regular Dana Barrett or like a, you know, like a suited, you know, the guys in the suits, like for, and the library ghost and, you know, just, mm-hmm. I'm just it's spitballing, yeah, yeah. but also the second movie as well. I imagine here that Hasbro has a license for the new movie. So we might see some new movie stuff as well. So far, the only bump in the road here is during Hascon. You may remember we talked about the fact that they um, 
they did an Ecto one, but it was one eighteenth scale, which led people to believe either they were abandoning six inch and going to do Ghostbusters in three and three quarter, or that they were going to do Ghostbusters, or, or that we haven't seen the one sixth scale or one eighteenth. So no, one six, one sixth scale, six inch scale, Ecto one. That's one twelfth. Uh, one twelve scale Ecto one. Uh, we hadn't they hadn't shown that yet for some, for whatever reason, but that that maneuver caused a lot of speculation. But I they haven't said anything else. I think about it since, so we're all just forced to kind of sit and wait. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned Gozer, right? Yes. I recently watched a documentary. I cannot remember which documentary it was. I wish I could tell you. But I did not know that Harold Ramis, uh, uh, who was one of the writers, and uh, the director, which one was the director there, Mr. Monty? Um, I almost said Harold Ramis. Uh, no. Um, um, I could see, oh, my, his, I see fa- his face. Reitman. Was, Reitman. I, I, Ivan yeah, Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Yeah. I'm like, I see his face too. Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis apparently wanted Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> For the role of Gozer. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. And they were overruled, and somehow this this European or Brit, maybe she's maybe she's Great Britain, she's British lady, ended up with the part. I don't know. I I just I found that factoid really really entertaining. So. There you go, there little you go. factoid for you. Um, I was going to talk about a comic book, but you know what? I actually may save that for a YouTube channel, maybe. Get a little content oh. there, yeah. I talked about a comic book on my own YouTube channel, and you know, I kind of want to do a deeper dive, but I can just save that for like a little live chat or something like that there. So, uh, nice. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag out right now. Big Cav, what do you got? I'm just going to update people. So the 118th scale Razor Crest, which is currently the HasLab project, um, now, if you go look at our Facebook page, uh, if you scroll through some of the uh, the posts there, you'll find a post that I wrote about HasLab because I did a lot of thinking and a lot of investigating on HasLab, and I've uh, laid my conclusions out in that sort of missive, if you will, that uh, that investigative report that I posted on Facebook. So I, I want you to check that out. Um, but as the project goes, they're just shy of 13,000 backers. At 13,000, they did release a fourth, I think it's the fourth or third, third. They released a third um, unlock item, which will be the four um, people in Carbonite that are pictured inside the Razor Crest in the first episode. Um, now, why this is stupid is because they made such a big deal at the launch of the Razor Crest of showing that there was spaces and, like, latches for four blocks of carbonite. So there was no way they weren't doing this, just like they showed... The escape pod, which we haven't seen in action yet, could be a season two thing, um, where that was also fully modeled and rendered, and it's it's a removable piece. They showed all of that as as well, 
and then of course it was the first unlock or the second unlock i can't remember and of course the other unlock was the mandalorian with the child uh vintage collection carded figure but that one will have a cloth cape something everybody has been asking for but will only be available if you get the razor crest apparently um and now as they approach 13,000 backers and they still got, I think, I feel like they got two weeks left. They have unveiled uh, two more unlocks. Unlock four, unlock five. They have not said what they are, but they are now listed on the HasLab site for the Razor Crest. So I think... With the, I would say, vast amount of people calling Bravo Sierra, calling shenanigans on Hasbro for their, uh, you know, their unlocked content being shit. Everybody on the planet, Helen Keller could see that they had (laughs) planned those items from the beginning and that there was no way they were going to release it. Why have literally, it's literally like there's extra hooks and latches, and things that cost money to model and produce, why have those on the interior of that ship if you're not going to put the fucking carbonite blocks out? Right? Ridiculous. There's no way they're not producing and including a three-and-three-quarter vintage series Mandalorian figure in with this ship and the child. There's no way that was not happening either. And then lastly... Whatever this escape pod business is, it was clearly modeled in there from the beginning. And they were like, well, we can use it as an unlock and we'll tell them if they didn't unlock it, we would just, you know, like sculpt over it. So you would never know it was there. I'm really, I have to say, I'm going to ask again, go read that HasLab uh, thing that I wrote up because I've learned a few things and I've seen a few things and I have drawn conclusions about HasLab, the direction HasLab is going, which is opposite of the direction of its intention when they created it. So hmm. that's 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 my report. And there you go. I'm Big Kev and... <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> that was that was great. How you just gave up amidst that. I'm Big Kev reporting live from Hawaii yeah. on Geek Big, Stuff TNG. Big Kev Huna Studios. And we're saving the yeah. best for last. Who? There's another person. There's an oh, there's one. There's only one other person. <laughs> what do you got for a sandwich? All right, so. And with that, we will bring this oh, come episode on, come on, of come Geek on. Stuff. No, no, no. Dom. So, what I have in front of me right now, uh, the official D&D cookbook, A Hero's Feast. It was released uh, October 27th of 2020. Beautiful book, right off the bat, I want to say. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, A lot of pictures in it, like showing off the food. Hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me pull it back a little bit. So... Like I said, this is an officially licensed D&D cookbook from Wizard of the Coast. I will say this, though. It was printed by a different company, 10 Speed Press. So it's a little shorter than your average D&D book. I have a, a D&D book for scale. You know, so 
It's a little bit oh. shorter. Very nice. Yeah, but aren't cookbooks like supposed like are usually more square yes. like that at the same yeah, time? Yeah. So I, I was maybe just because I it, I it's a D and D book. It's a cookbook, but it's yeah, with yeah, D and D for some reason. I expected it to be like book size. Yeah, I get, no, no, that I'm makes not sense. Though. No, no, that makes yeah. sense. Give us give us some examples. What's going on in that book? Mm-hmm. So what I, what we got in this book? First of all, for a cookbook, there was a lot of like D and D fluff. And flavor text that I am just in love with. Like it talks about cuisines of the Forgotten Realms, what it tastes like, foods like there. Cuisines of Eberron, what foods like in Eberron. Ooh, cuisines in Greyhawk. I'm not familiar with Greyhawk, so I don't really know much about that. Kev might have Greyhawk that. would be the original uh, sort of um, uh, like campaign world. Ooh, it's the okay. first sort of. Um, uh, what do you like? Uh, you know, like Eberron and and Forgotten Realms, and the, you know, like they're kind of worlds. Greyhawk was the original world, the original released world that had a big full color map, all kinds of information, and so on. Go ahead. It's also, just finishing out, it's also got Dragonlands. Are you familiar with Dragonlands? That's another. It's yeah. That's another. Uh, that's another realm, if you will, um, and. What was big about Dragonlance is that there was a lot of really popular novels that were supportive of the of Dragonlance. I don't remember which came first, though. I don't remember if Dragonlance novels came first and they were so popular that they then generated game content, or if the game content was so popular that it generated novels. One of those two things happened. All right. So first, before I even get into the other content in this book, I just want to say there are some beautiful, beautiful pictures in this book. Like, as a guy who likes kind of that artsy kind of stuff, this just the pictures in here just look amazing. Like, professionally, obviously, this is done very professionally because it's Wizards of the Coast. But I'm saying these are just, just I want to eat all the food in this book just in the way they <laughs> portrayed all this stuff. It's fantastic. So... You have human cuisine, elven cuisine. Okay, so can you can you give us a couple of examples of each? Like, what yeah. are they calling human cuisine? cuisine. So, some, uh, oh, <laughs> some human cuisine. So we got where is it? So traveler stew. I don't know if you guys can see that. This is some traveler stew. This is considered human oh. cuisine. Nice. Looks fantastic. It looks very D&D-ish. Uh, iron rations. So just literally just some rations. Oh. It looks like you know, something thrown together. Nice nice to have those visual elements, especially yes. if you're a player. This looks very much like something in like a medie- medieval, I guess is the proper term maybe, or like a fantasy, fantasy. kind of realm. Yeah, right. it looks very much like it. I'm going to butcher this one. I already know. Sword Coast Seafood. Bulla base, bull bass, booyah base, booyah base, booyah base. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So then uh, I'm gonna skip ahead, if you don't mind, folks, to some elven cuisine because oh yeah, I'm know, dying to know. Elves <laughs> like to eat too. Fun fact: they're color coded. So you know the elves are green. Oh, they're color coded. That's cool. Yes. So this is the first one. First one is called Quithpa. I don't know if you guys can see that. Quithpa. Quithpa. Oh, okay. We got what else? Elven bread. 
The, yeah, I, I knew that would be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Dom, do they, uh, do they on a uh, non-D&D as much note, but do they break it yes. up for people so that they have, like, uh, meat, fish, so, chicken, vegan? Like, do they kind of, like, cover the gambit that way to make sure that you can get a, you know, depending on what the customer is? Like, like you know, so they there, there's definitely everybody. a lot of There's definitely a lot of different options here and, like, meals. It says, like, you know, serves, this meal serves four to six the ingredients needed, uh, you know, how you're making it. Also, fun fact, each recipe has flavor text talking about the recipe in the lore. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's the best fluff ever. I have flavor text for my meal. This just this just like looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it is. And you know it like, really, really is. Usually if you get someone like uh, you know, an you know, a geek gift like an apron or spatula, something like that, usually it's like a niche thing that kind of is nice to have around and then disappears. Uh, this is just something for, you know, a nice thing that is useful, apparently. Obviously, the pictures look gorgeous. Uh, and, and maybe just kind of nice to have out in, on your, your, you know, somewhere in your kitchen on display that that's a useful tool. Because since, since it is a book, after all. True. Dude, they, they don't need this, but there, there are D&D menus. This is what the <laughs> elven menu looks like. Um, This is just a phenomenal book it, it, it breaks down like even it's just like the dwarven section it says you know dwarves are known for their uh what does it say uh like it's hearty and like and like a hard meal you know because they're working in the mountains corned beef and cabbage like it makes sense what they're making you know bangers and mash is a dwarven dish bangers and mash <laughs> you know? that, that looks like a lot I of just, fun this is fantastic you know it <laughs> We didn't need a D and D cookbook, but I'm so happy we have a D and D cookbook. How I, many like, pages? No one... Oh, I mean, it's got to be it's a little bat, a little past two hundred, about. Okay. Yeah. Is it? It looks so thick. It's thick. It's thick for sure. Well, there's a lot of fluff and flavor text where it's <laughs> right. like explaining, like I said, like. How dwarves and what is you know, the, how they make their food the out MSR, of. What is the MSRP, sir? This runs 35 bucks straight. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't bad. What I like, one of the things I like most is at the end, it says like afterwards playing with your food. And it's talking about, you know, <laughs> maybe you incorporate this into your campaigns where it's like, guys, we're going to make some elven bread because maybe we're going to be in an elven forest today or we're going oh, okay. through the dwarven oh, mine. Oh, you're going to so. make, oh, you're going to make elven bread? Well, do you have this ingredient? Do you have that ingredient? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm the kind of DM who would absolutely 100% use that book against my characters. Well, I'll say in a real life. 100%. I would say in a real life where you just like actually make elven bread for your players. Yeah, that but would be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh yeah, this this is something. I hope we can do more of this. Like, look at this is the halfling. This is the opening to the halfling cuisine. You got a you got a halfling sitting in a beautiful valley, looking over the fucking land. It looks so gorgeous. They put so much into this book. And like I said before, we didn't ask for a D and D cookbook, but I am. This is one of my favorite books <laughs> I own. Just period. I was, you know, I was going to say, Dom, like you, you've talked about a, a good chunk of D and D products uh, yeah. since this iteration of the show, but the ex the tone and ex general excitement in your voice, um, 
is just is just way over the top. Like I can tell you really love that's it. That's because I, honestly, I want it now. That's because no, you I, have I, taken two of his favorite things, D and D and food, and you've put I mean, them yeah. together in one product. Do you know if? Do you know how we can make his head explode if we did a Magic the Gathering dessert book? That would literally make Sandwich's head explode. <laughs> did we lose him? No, he's... Oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. They got uncommon cuisine. So, like, even beyond like the humans and the elves and the stuff, you got like just other little you know races and their foods. Like, there's orc bacon. You want drow, to drow, uh, oh, drow cuisine. There's drow cuisine in here. I gotta find it. Uh, it's somewhere. Get in there, out. But everything looks fantastic. And deep gnome. There's some right. deep gnome stuff. So this it's, stuff is. Listen. I hope we get more stuff like this. I hope that we continue to get these kind of like anticillary extra like kind of books that just really flesh out D&D. I don't think every player needs to get a D&D cookbook, but if you're a D&D fan, you're playing or you're getting into it, this might be an investment. If not just for like, maybe you're not a chef. It's just fun. It's just fun to look <laughs> Heroes at. Heroes Feast. <laughs> Heroes Feast 2 unearthed recipes there you go that'd be fantastic <laughs> there you go i think we uh I, I do think boys though we need to kind of wrap it up because the internet connection is getting worse. xanathar's xanathar's guide to dessert dessert there you go there you go see uh so i'm gonna wrap up this you got here. i'm gonna wrap up this episode of the show we definitely have everything on that book uh so uh catch us each and every week over at geekstufftng.com uh, you can check us out, Geeks of TNG, over on the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Twitters. Uh, you can find me online as Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and uh, LinkedIn. So there you go. Uh, Big Kev. You can find me promoting the Tell-A-Friend contest as oh, we approach... Near enough to the halfway mark of the Telefriend contest, sort of. Uh, don't forget, we need you to get the word out about the show. If you like the show, tell a friend. Tell 10 friends and have that friend check out the show and then reach out to us at the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Oh, your sound is so delayed there. It looked, it looked oh. like you... No, you're just really delayed. It's very strange. Oh. Yeah. Um, or you can drop us an email. GeekStuffTNG at gmail.com And uh, oh. have the person you turned the show on email us and say, you know, tell us what they thought of the show on either the email or the GVM line. Tell us who turned them on to the show, and both people uh, will win fabulous prizes out of the um, Mr. Monty product archive and the Sandwich Shop hat collection. No, really legitimate prizes, I swear to God. <laughs> so, uh, once again, tell a friend, tell 10 friends, tell them to check out the show, uh, tell them to reach out to us at the GVM line. 
201-730-2547. And our email, or our email, geekstufftng at gmail.com. And uh, tell us what they thought of the show. Tell us who turned them on to it. And yeah, fabulous prizes for both people. So we're going to continue that. We're probably going to continue that through the uh, the month of November. Or as I call it, when the second Civil War started. Uh, so <laughs> uh, what? It's entirely possible. Don't shake your head. Uh, okay. So uh, other than that, uh, you can find me over on Xbox where I have discovered a new game, Mr. Monty, Mr. Ooh. Sandwich, a new game. Have you heard, Mr. Sandwich, have you heard of this game called Fortnite? Yeah, Fortnite is what it's yeah, called. My, have you heard of my Fortnite? My eight-year-old is all about it. It's, it's fun. It's really arcadey and fun. I really kind of like it, so I've been playing a little Fortnite. Uh, and also Red Dead Redemption and a little bit of GTA 5. Uh, you can find me over there as Big Kev GS. Everywhere else, I am BK Geek Stuff. There you go. Uh, sandwich. We lose them. Xbox One and Instagram. There you go. I, <laughs> I've lost myself. <laughs> at Fat Dumbledore, F A T D O M B L E D O R E. Beautiful, sir. Beautiful. Uh, and on that note, Big Kev. On that note, Mr. Monty, Mr. Sandwich, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 611. Sandwich something. Damn it. And sandwich friends. and friends. Oh, right. I forgot. God damn, it's a brilliant title. I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Uh, I'll roll it back a little then. <laughs> Mr. Sandwich, Mr. Monty, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 611, Sandwich and Friends, to a close, the way we end some episodes by saying... Good night, OG. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Thank you.